Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Pierre Poilievre denounces white replacement theory as MPs unanimously adopt a motion on the shooting in Buffalo. That the House express its horror at the hate-fueled mass shooting by a white supremacist in Buffalo, New York. Extend its deepest condolences to the families, friends, and communities who lost loved ones and reaffirmed the need to confront racism, white supremacy, and hate in all their forms. Canada could be among the first countries to ratify Sweden and Finland as members of NATO. Jens Stoltenberg had already um, said publicly that they would find a fast-track way of doing this. And I think we're seeing a fast track right now. And the opposition parties vote to revive the special committee studying Canada's ties with China. Given the intense interest now in where China is sitting on all matters, Ukraine and other important things, I think parliaments and and the MPs, the exception of the Liberals, are are right to revive a committee and, and look into this. It's Tuesday, May 17th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So Canadian politicians have been reacting to the mass shooting that happened in Buffalo, and lots of questions were asked and answered about it. And Pierre Poiliev, the Conservative MP and leadership candidate, said he denounced the so-called white replacement theory that is believed to be the motive behind this mass shooting. He called it an ugly and disgusting form of hate-mongering in a statement. Uh, Pierre Poiliev has been criticized for not uh, speaking out often enough by other candidates for the leadership uh, against this kind of behavior by people, Uh, not necessarily shootings, but but other events that have happened. Um, so what do you think about all of the reaction to this event in Canada? Well, um, Polyev, uh, Polyev, one of Polyev's rivals, Patrick Brown, uh, had sort of taken a poke at Polyev yesterday on this very thing, saying that, uh, that Polyev had not done enough to distance himself from the strain of white supremacism and, and that kind of, Thing that had been going on during the convoy protest. So Polyev was in part a response, but I think uh, a welcome distancing because, you know, as this leadership race has gone on, it does seem that the Conservatives, several of the Conservative candidates have left themselves open to the charge that they are flirting with some dangerous ideas that have been imported from the United States. You know, the big supporter of the convoy protest was uh, Fox News and uh, Americans. And we were seeing, in the wake of this shooting in Buffalo, this horrible shooting in Buffalo, we are reminded that uh, the, the shooter, the alleged shooter, the man in custody, has been touting something called this white replacement theory, which is the idea that governments and are systematically going about replacing white people with immigrants of other colors. And that theory appears on Fox News, which also cheered on the convoy protest. They um, So it was, it was good to see Polyev speaking out against that. It was good to see a moment of silence in the House of Commons. 
we, you know, we've returned to this subject several times over the years and even in recent weeks about what happens in the United States, whether it makes its way here. And what I've been really intrigued about this Buffalo one is usually when there's a mass shooting in the United States, we talk about guns and laws and is Canada vulnerable. And there has been lots of talk about that. But I think the primary focus, interestingly, and I think uh, importantly, given the past year or so, is the spread of disinformation and this radicalizing, this anger. And that we've seen has no borders. That crosses Canada, uh, Canada's borders all over the place. And what is to stop another uh, angry person from, you know, getting this theory or getting radicalized by ideas like this and taking it out on us? I think we all feel a little more vulnerable these days because of this, the you know, the rash of disinformation. Yeah. All right, let's talk about NATO and the prospect of Sweden and Finland uh, joining NATO. And Melanie Jolie, the foreign affairs minister, said on Monday that Canada might be one of the first countries to ratify the membership of, of those two nations. Uh, all of this, of course, is is not just a NATO discussion, but it's 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 all contextualized by what's happening in Ukraine with the Russian attack there. So um, what do you make of all of this? Yeah, I was one of the people who who also wondered why Sweden and Finland had not been members before. Uh, I was there actually about 10 years ago in Sweden and Finland, and it really is the proximity of Russia is something that is is hard to miss over there. We took an overnight ferry between the two countries, and the number of Russians on board and and the uh, the, the traffic between Russia and these countries is huge. And so I would imagine they're feeling a little vulnerable right now with what looks to be designs on Europe by Putin. So this is an interesting development. It was interesting to see her say that she has talked to her opposition counterparts. And even though Parliament's approval isn't needed, she says that they are in favor of this. So I guess what happens now is Finland and Sweden go through the red tape with NATO, then they have to get each country's ratification. But she's saying that in Canada, that discussion is already well along and would happen quickly, Hmm. which is interesting to hear. Yeah. All right. While we're talking about international issues, um, it was interesting yesterday that Canadian opposition parties uh, voted to revive the special committee that was studying Canada's ties with China. The the Liberal cabinet and the Liberal caucus opposed the motion to bring back the committee, but the Conservatives advanced that motion. The NDP and Bloc Québécois supported it, and the motion passed. So just remind us what this committee is about and what this decision means. Well, I'm glad to see this myself. Uh, the, the last time we had one, we had two Canadians held in... In China, the two Michaels are free now. Michael Chong from the Conservatives has been pushing this, but it is, uh, I, I think, given the intense interest now in where China is sitting on all matters, Ukraine, and other important things, I think parliaments and, and the MPs, the exception of the Liberals, are, are right to revive a committee and, and look into this. So, I think Ukraine will, and, and where China's at on that will be high on the list. But, you know, we have we still don't know what the government is doing on Huawei and 5G. We 
how the Canada's relationship with China has fundamentally changed since Justin Trudeau came to office, and parliamentarians should be part of that that conversation. So, I I, I note too that this uh, motion to revive the committee also has some measures in it to stop the Liberals from filibustering at it. The Liberals say they they do this for security, national security reasons, etc. But uh, this this motion is is built so that it, the committee might actually do some real work rather than just spinning around in circles. Yeah. All right, finally, Susan, uh, kind of an interesting event happening today. The Prime Minister, along with the Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, will be uh, part of an official welcome ceremony in St. John's for the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall, Charles and Camilla, uh, the p- very likely to be the King and Queen of Canada. Uh, within a few years, presumably, given given the age of Queen Elizabeth, um, and it's it's interesting. We were talking about this on the podcast yesterday, but uh, there's not a lot of fanfare about this visit compared to previous royal visits, and there are lots of questions about Canada's relationship with the royal family uh, whenever the reign of Queen Elizabeth ends. Yeah, it's always an interesting discussion, and I think you and I talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, that, you know, we have two visits this summer that, that mm-hmm. are reminders of Canada's past. But there's a papal visit, which got details of that last week, and now Charles and Camilla. We have seen that the Queen is increasingly passing the baton to Charles, who did the, the speech from the throne in, in Parliament last week. So... It, the Queen is sending her chief emissary to Canada for the Platinum Jubilee, and there are going to be lots of people in Canada who love the Queen. Not so, you know, Charles has never excited the crowds the way the Queen or Diana or even Will and Kate did. So this is going to be a low-key visit. The Prime Minister is making a first stop with Andrew Fury, Premier, and they'll be talking about childcare, it looks like. They're going to a childcare facility. So there's a political edge to this, you know, the... And uh, they'll no doubt talk about the Bay du Nord uh, agreement that Canada, that the federal government gave to go ahead for Newfoundland, much pleasing Andrew Fury and government down there. And then the day will switch to uh, the prime minister greeting the royals. And as what you say is a very low key visit, maybe some conversations here about how Canada's feeling about the monarchy. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. I made a deal with Paul. He said he'd sign a membership if I'd sign his motorbike. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Hill Times, Michael Harris argues, Pierre Poilievre gives Justin Trudeau a reason to stick around. Harris writes... There is every chance that the Conservatives will lose the next election before it is ever called, by setting aside the lessons of their own history and selecting the wrong leader again. The political odds right now favor Pierre Poilievre to become the next Conservative leader if he becomes the new Aaron O'Toole, who became the new Andrew Scheer, who became the new Stephen Harper. There will be no need for Justin Trudeau to hang up the gloves. But if Jean Charest or Patrick Brown manage to talk the party base out of its political death wish, it could be a whole new ballgame. In the Toronto Star, Heather Schofield argues, The best thing Canada can do to fight inflation would be to double the GST credit 
for low-income families. Schofield writes, Of all the political yelling out there promising to ease the pain of inflation, it's worth taking a good look at the Federal New Democrats' latest pitch, which includes increasing government benefits for those who are hurt the most from high prices. The GST tax credit goes specifically to those who are less likely to have a stash of extra cash sitting in their bank accounts, and it would be money well spent at a time when low-income families need it. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues, Quebec is launching an assault on English-language rights. The Sun writes, English speakers were once considered a privileged minority in Quebec, but now they are behind French speakers in income levels and employment rates. It seems only vindictive to introduce legislation that would serve to further isolate them. The concerns spill over from businesses to healthcare, with Bill 96 calling for public service providers to exclusively use French. And this has doctors concerned that, despite some exemptions for hospitals, clear communication between medical providers and patients will suffer and worsen health problems. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister and the Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador will visit a child care facility in St. John's. The Prime Minister will also attend the official welcome ceremony for the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will virtually attend question period. Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson will appear virtually before the U.S. Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak in Ottawa about his party's Opposition Day motion. And Green Party interim leader Amita Kuttner will hold a news conference to speak about anti-trans hate in Canada. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, May 17th. Tune in to Primetime Politics. Tonight on CPAC, for coverage of all the day's events, our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.